welcome, you're at OTR, Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. This show is about real people battling real mental issues and experts with tips to help in the battle. If you want to know more, please check out the trailer. Your host is Bob Adelman and his notes about today's episode follows. Today, I interview Don Barkley about how to travel with children that are neurodiverse, including children that have ADHD and the autistic. It can also be applied to any child who is restless when traveling on a family vacation. Don wrote the book Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. This is a very informative episode on a topic that very little information exists. Find out whether this can help you with your children when going on vacation. We go over tips and strategies and talk about the helpful information contained in this unique book, which would be a must for those that travel with neurodiverse children. Now here is Bob with the interview. Hello, Dawn. How are you today? You doing good? Yeah, I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Could you tell the listener a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. I uh, My name is Dawn Barkley. I have been a travel writer since Well, for about 30 years, uh, I grew up in a travel family. My parents owned one of the largest agencies at the time in Manhattan, uh, and then they branched off into short-term apartment rentals, and I worked heavily with them until I joined a travel magazine, and then I've worked in different aspects of travel, whether it was for uh, meeting planning or uh, car rental or uh, limousine car limousine uh, transportation or whatever, I have been heavily involved also meeting planning. So along with everything else I've done, (laughs) I was heavily in the travel industry as well as being a writer. And I have now written this book, which is a book I wish had been around uh, when my children were younger. I was surprised it wasn't. Uh, And it deals with arranging travel for um, families that have um, autism spectrum disorder or mood or attention disorders. And what I have found is that the the special needs tips help even neurotypical families. So what is the name of the book? Did you mention that? uh, No, I didn't. But thank you. (laughs) The book is called Traveling Different. Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. It's available now for pre-order in both the uh, hardcover and the uh, audiobook. The digital, like the ebook copy, will be available in August when it, it comes out August 15th, but it can be pre-ordered now in the other two versions. Okay, and it's printed by? It's printed by Roman and Littlefield, who are a very large trade publisher. And where can you get the book now? You won't be able to get it in a bookstore unless you request it. Uh, But because the book will be available through Baker and Taylor and also Ingram, any bookstore should be able to order it for you. Also, Roman and and Littlefield also have it in their bookstore as well. And you can get it from Amazon as well. Yeah. Every large large retailer of books has it now. Since it's a mental health podcast, I always ask my guests, that they suffered from any depression or ADHD? Absolutely. Would you like to talk about that as far as how it all started and what you did about it? Yeah, I had, it was late diagnosis for me. It was when I was uh, had two kids and I realized that I couldn't do everything. And I went to see a psychologist about that. Um, and I did find that 
I, well, she did diagnose me with ADHD, which I seem to be able to have a handle over, but it, you know, it goes in waves and I'll, I'll get depressed in waves too. There'll be periods where I just feel like I can't do anything. And then there'll be periods where I take on the world. So, uh, I do, I do tend to take on way too much as I, I believe a lot of ADHD people do. I, I tend to like to overwhelm myself. Uh, and it's, it's a challenge to be able to rein that in. So you go to counseling and, uh, you don't take any medicine. Um, I was on an antidepressant for a short time, and I, I, I found that I, I operated better without it. <laughs> it's not for everyone. It killed my creativity, and I, I didn't enjoy it, and I, I don't feel that I uh, suffer without it, so I do not take it any longer. I'm almost opposite of that. I tend to uh, help my apathy, so I am a little bit more creative and like to do things. Mm-hmm. One term that it out for me is neurodiverse. Yes, neurodiverse. Yeah. Could you explain what that is? Yeah, it's sort of an umbrella term. For me, I was using it to encompass the autism spectrum, the, the autism spectrum disorder, which now encompasses everything from what was used to be called PDD-NOS, which was pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. Um, all the way to Asperger's, which is no longer, you know, politically correct to say, but everything is sort of an umbrella under autism spectrum disorder or ASD. And I believe neurodiverse will just encompass anything that's not, quote, neurotypical, which people that, you know, might say normal, Normal there is such a thing as normal. I I don't think there is such a thing as normal. I think everybody's on some sort of spectrum. So, or if they just have a child that, doesn't feel comfortable traveling, and that encompasses most children because anyone who's taken out of their um, comfort zone can be anxious or inflexible. They don't have to be neurodiverse in order to feel uncomfortable with leaving home. And I'm just approaching that topic and talking about different strategies you can use, starting from just going to a friend's house for the night uh, all the way through a European vacation. I don't want to give away the book, but... Is there one tip that really stood out for you? Oh, wow. Um, the book is 344 pages long. So it's, I will say that the one thing that came up again and again when I interviewed, I interviewed about 100 people for this book, including parents, mental health professionals, and certified autism uh, travel professionals, which are people who've been uh, certified and taking care of travel for this population. The one thing that came up again and again was noise-canceling headphones because so many people on the spectrum have sensory sensitivities that it was crucial to bring along noise-canceling headphones so that they could concentrate on whatever they were doing, such as looking at electronics, uh, whatever you wanted to keep them busy with during travel. Can I ask you who your target audience would be? Um, Well, I, I wrote it specifically for those on the spectrum, as well as ADHD, mood disorders like bipolar, um, and, um, what I found was that the tips that were given for special needs families soothed the hiccups of any traveling family. I mean, and there were families I spoke to who had one child on the spectrum and one child who wasn't, and they said that the tips worked for both. So I go, I start with just a description of what's been found in recent surveys, such as maybe one out of every 10 families has a child that has special needs, whether that's uh, a physical 
issue or um, an invisible disability, but everybody deserves to travel and um, how more and more travel companies are focusing in on traveling with children on and off the spectrum and how modifications can help every family's travel. And then I, I talk about setting the stage, how to start small, how to prepare for a trip, whether you should go foreign or domestic. And then I really talk about the different modes of travel. I've broken it down to every aspect of the trap of the trip. So this is just not a list of places you can go. This is really strategies to use every step of the way. So I talk about traveling on airplanes, uh, road trips, whether you're doing them by car or bus, um, and cruises and trains. And um, once you've arrived where you're going to stay, whether you're camping or whether you wish you should choose between a hotel or a vacation rental and how to evaluate those, how to tackle tours and theme parks and things like that, um, restaurant dining, anything else that hasn't been included under any of those uh, categories. And what I consider the heart of the book is uh, special interest travel. So I do talk about suggested itineraries, but I think what you'll find with um, those on the spectrum is that kids can spend up to 16 hours, and I, I imagine adults too, obsessing about a specific interest. And so say they're interested in trains or say they're interested in elevators or anything you can imagine, there's probably a museum or an event that caters to that interest. And I've listed those around the country. So no matter where you might be going, there's something that might interest your child and you can build the trip around them. What do you do in a situation where you have a neurodiverse child and starts acting up in a store and somebody gives you a dirty look or they might say something to the child? Yeah, I have a I have a whole section on that. I'm so glad you asked because uh, I did say, what do you, I asked parents um, and some travel advisors, what do you do when there's a, a rude or insensitive onlooker? And I got all sorts of answers that are included, but I think overall people said, concentrate on your child because the onlooker isn't your problem. Your child is what you need to concentrate on and to make sure they're taken care of. So a lot of times people are scared to travel because they're afraid that people will judge them or do exactly what you're saying, uh, you know, be insensitive. Uh, and the thing is that they shouldn't worry about what other people think. They should enjoy their lives and know how to deal with this. So it might be an issue if their child has had a sensory overload to get them to a quieter area, maybe sit down in a quieter area and have some food, give them uh, their sensory toys, their fidget toys. I talk about what you should bring with you to actually never get to this point so that, you know, a lot of the book is dedicated to what you should do so you never get to the point where you have a breakdown or an overload. But um, some parents have, have taught their children to go up to an onlooker and say, hey, um, I thought you should know I have autism and sometimes I clap my hands. Look at this, you know, and really accept themselves so that no matter what an onlooker might say, it doesn't affect them because they've learned to embrace themselves. Okay. How long did it take you to write this book? Um, I wanted to write it since like 2008 and I didn't have the, I, I actually at that point had met Dr. Tony Atwood, who's very big. He's from Australia and um, he teaches in England and he's a world renowned speaker for uh, autism spectrum disorder. 
such a nice man. And he inter- I interviewed him then. And then what I found was um, I had a very hard time finding other people to interview because the Internet wasn't then what it is now. Once I found that um, IBCCES, which is the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards, mm-hmm. they created the Certified Autism Travel Professional Certification and I, then I knew from those people that I had a bevy of opportunities to interview those people. And I've interviewed, wow, I must have interviewed about 50 of them. And then they gave me access to their, uh, the parents they work with, mm-hmm. obviously with the permission of the parents. And so I had those people to interview as well. And then there was so much more written uh, in the Internet that um, I had many more um, allies and advocates to speak with as well. So it all sort of came together now, whereas when I wanted to write it, it really wouldn't have come together as well. Okay. If you have this scenario of actually going on a trip, how should you prepare for that? Mm -hmm. Well, what you're going to find, and this is probably another tip that I should have said early when you said if there's one overriding tip is that you have to plan early. You can't just spring a trip on a child on the spectrum or just a child who's inflexible or can't deal with transitions. You need to really lead up to it over the course of several weeks, if not several months. And what the expert I, experts I spoke to suggest is that you start small. Even a trip to a grocery store, a post office, or a garage sale can be turned into an adventure if it's framed correctly. Like you could turn, turn a trip to a garage sale into a treasure hunt to be looking for something special and make it exciting, but you could call it a tour so that later when you take the child on a tour, you can go, you know, refer back and say, remember when we went on that tour to the garage sale? So there again, you can capitalize on the diversity in your neighborhood to introduce cultural differences. So you could try out foods from different countries and local restaurants before you plan a foreign vacation. Or you might, um, again, structure the local trip around your child's interests and passions. Uh, And what you can find is that local aquariums and zoos can be a great step to touring. Uh, And an overnight at a friend's house or relative's house for camping. You might camp in your backyard for a night before you book a real camping trip. And there are a lot of books. I include a a list of a lot of picture books that you can read to a child that depict their favorite characters and their travels. So you can always say, look what Peppa Pig did. You can do that too. Um, And then I I just um, list a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, properties that are either certified as uh, autism certified again by IBCCS or other certification companies. And, And the fact that if you use the book and you see that a property, a hotel or a a theme park or whatever, it's autism friendly, you should really investigate what that means. You shouldn't just say, oh, this is for us. You should see what, how they're classifying, how they're defining autism friendly, because it varies from place to place. And you don't want to go to, a, a say, a museum that says it's autism friendly and show up there on a Monday and find out that the only days they have low sensory uh, days are like a Saturday once a month. Oh, okay. 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 Um, do, do you want to go into uh, giving the price of the book on Amazon? Or oh, sure. the The book is, um, 
and I had nothing to do with the pricing. This is all the decision of the publisher. The hardcover is $32. Um, I believe that when you consider the cost of a trip, if this book saves your trip from being a disaster, it's well worth anything they charge. I believe that the ebook is going to be $30. I'm not sure what the audio book is being charged at because that tends to vary. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw one place where it was $19.99. But again, I think that changes, you know, based on the day. Or <laughs> I don't understand how audio book companies uh, base their pricing. I have other books on the market that are fiction and the audiobook price seems to change by the day. So I never understand that. I don't set any prices. Do you have a promotional website at all? I have a website called travelingdifferent.com and it's a section of my regular website, which is Dawn Barkley Inc. with a K and Barkley is B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. And that's where I'm planning to update the book. And um, if I get other stories from parents, I'd love to include them. I mean, this could not be comprehensive enough as far as I was concerned, because no matter how much you delve into the subject, designations change, new museums open, new restaurants open, new hotels open. And so in order to try to keep this current as possible, I did start the website. It's sort of in its infancy now because the book isn't out yet, but I will be adding to it. Okay. I wonder if the, would the book be good for someone like myself who has ADHD? Is there any like just ADHD tips or? There are. There are. I believe that a lot of the tips that are, are good for everyone because there's so many comorbid symptoms um, between the different types of disorders that I speak of. Um, there's also a section for over 18. So different organizations that cater to older children and adults with um, on the spectrum and with issues. And I'm kind of thinking that a follow-up book might be for adults or talk about different adults that have uh, traveled successfully despite uh, any issues. So that's something I am considering. Up to my publisher. <laughs> It'll be up to my publisher what I end up getting to publish. Do you have a list of good places to go? Is like Disney World a good place? Do you have anything like that? I I do. I do. I talk about a lot of um, the certified autism centers that have staff that are trained specifically to help with those with special needs. Uh, It's rather a long uh, chapter. I talk about it internationally and domestically. Uh, and I also have a large list of special interest museums that, while they might not be dedicated to working with people with special needs, they will uh, um, pique the interest, the special uh, circumscribed interests of those on the spectrum. Uh, I do talk about some tour companies and uh, that, that dedicate themselves to um, people on the spectrum and with various disorders. And there is a large resource section that lists all of the certified autism travel professionals that I have interviewed, whether or not they got into the book, their comments are still, their comments were valid, but uh, even if I, they didn't make it into the book, I believe they're definitely worth speaking with them because they can build a trip around any of, um, any of the challenges that someone might have. Okay. That sounds good. Um, is there a paperback version or is it just hard, hard book? You know what? 
that's going to be up to you all because they I have to sell enough for them to put out a paperback issue. So if we we get it, that's that's the deal that uh, they they come out in hardcover and they come out in audio and um, and they come in on digital. But if enough people purchase uh, and they see that there's a market, they'll come out in paperback. Yeah, I, I think it would be great yeah. to have this kind of information, and that's what we try to portray on this show. What's the information that can help each person? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask your library to stock it, too, because I know that that's uh, a big market for this book or library. So if you go to your local library and ask them to pick it up, uh, hopefully it will sell to all the libraries and then I'll be able to put out a paperback. I do have very inexpensive options such as camping and there's tips for eating at restaurants and these tips for local museums uh, that can also be of help. There's also a company called Autism on the Seas that runs uh, cruises for those with autism, and they have um, a scholarship or a grant program to help those who cannot afford to cruise on their own. So that's something worth looking into as well. Uh, are you going on a tour to promote the book? Oh, how nice that would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm having a blog tour. Uh, you know, I'm going to have the podcast tour, which you're now a part okay. of. And I, I'm happy to travel where anybody wants me to speak as long as they cover the cost yeah. of the travel. <laughs> I'm also happy to appear via Zoom if there are book clubs or, or, or organizations that would like to have me. I, I'm as close as a Zoom connection. So is there one thing you'd like to say to our audience before we close? A couple of things. One is that if you find, if you get the book, and thank you if you do, um, if you find something that you feel I got wrong or you feel I, I could add to it or you know of a location that I've missed, please let me know because I will be happy to add it to the blog. And hopefully that blog will be an update for an updated edition of the book. Um, and if, if you find that my tips have helped you open up the world, because 93% of those surveyed said that if they had a child on the spectrum, they didn't want to travel, but they would if they knew where to go and how to do it. If you're one of those people, if you drop me a note, that would make my day. Because if I feel that this book has helped you, it's, it makes it all worthwhile for me. Well, that sounds terrific. Um, it, it must be exciting to get it published. You said this was your first book, right? This was the book I thought would be my first book. I've oh. ended, this has ended up being my eighth book because I started writing fiction. Oh, I see. What kind of fiction do you write? I write psychological thrillers, and I wrote, write romance under the pseudonym D period, M period, bar, B-A-R-R, and I've got a website, uh, dmbar.com. So I ended up writing fiction, and when the... And I always kept thinking about this book and wanting to write it, and when... Um, lockdown came along because of COVID, I suddenly had the time to write it. And that's when I threw myself into it. So uh, when all done, it took me about a year to write and a year to get sold and edited. And I'm very happy that I had, I mean, if anything good came of COVID for me, because God knows uh -huh. it, it's not been a good time for most people. If anything good came of it was that I finally got the time to write this book. Um, the other books that you Wrote, what do you think is the, the best one that we should go out and get right away? Um, good question. Some of them are kind of some of them are kind of spicy and racy, so I'm not going to recommend that. Um, I would say that one of the best books I wrote, if you want a sweet romance and, and just women's fiction, is something called The Queen of Second Chances 
which is set in a uh, senior center, and it's about overcoming regrets at any age. And I think the book that is done best for me is something called Saving Grace, a psychological thriller, which is about a woman who has been diagnosed with paranoia for her whole life. And uh, she goes off her meds. And when she does, she comes to believe that her husband is going to kill her when her billionaire father passes away. He's going to kill her for inheritance. And she wants to save herself, but she has to find a very subtle way to do it. Because what if she's wrong? What if it's her paranoia showing through and she doesn't want to disrupt the lives of her kids? Um, so she has to find a very subtle way to do it. And she does it by um, by in, uh, hiring someone to help her write the, a book about someone in the same situation. Mm-hmm. And when that author, when that co-author is found murdered with her standing over the body, she has to find a way to either save herself from being arrested for the murder as well as save herself from if her husband's possibly going to um, kill her. It's a little bit of Gaslight, a little bit of old movies like Gaslight and Suspicion, which are some of my favorites. So, um, yeah, I'm very pleased with that book. It's I think it's got over 700 reviews on Amazon right now, and it did pretty well for me. Uh, you've been a terrific, uh, terrific guest. Is there any oh, other you. links, links that you want to promote at all? dmbar.com is the fiction website. And um, again, you'll have my email in the book. If you want to write to me and talk to me about anything, I'd love to hear from you. You don't know, you might end up being, you know, the subject of an upcoming blog. <laughs> That's great. I, I like the publicity there. And That's terrific. Of course, Amazon, Amazon has the book as well as all major retailers and it's traveling different vacation strategies for parents of the anxious, the inflexible, and the neurodiverse. Well, I think you uh, uh, did a great service for a lot of people. I think people are going to be helped, and that's what this podcast is about, helping people. So Wonderful. Uh, you're a perfect, perfect guest. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem, and uh, have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.